This series is going to help us to appreciate our work with God. Amen. And it's going to help us to have a better understanding of the subject of faith so that we can, first of all, we can receive from God the way he wants us to receive from him. And secondly, we will not be disappointed. You will not be frustrated in life because you thought God disappointed you. The, the, the breaking news is that God never disappoints. God never fails. I have worked with God a few years. In fact, God only next year is going to be my 30th year of working with God. Of having accepted Jesus as my Lord and my Savior. So for so if I'm speaking to you, I'm, it's not too many years, but at least I have almost three decades of working consistently with God. And I can tell you without the shadow of a doubt that God is real. That God is faithful. That God never... Like when God speaks... It doesn't matter how long it takes. When he speaks, it is as good as what? Done. And so we're going to look at something from Mark chapter 11, verse 12 to 14. And then verse um, 20 to 24. Now the next day, when they had come out from Bethany, he was hungry. And seeing from afar a fig tree having leaves, he went to see if perhaps he will find something on it. When he came to it, he found nothing but leaves, for it was not the season for figs. In response, Jesus said to it, let no one eat fruit from you ever again. And his disciples heard it. Now let's look at verse 20 to 24. Now in the morning as they passed by, they saw the fig tree dried up from the roots. And Peter, remembering, said to him, Rabbi, look, the fig tree which you cursed has withered away. So Jesus answered and said to them, have faith in God. For as surely I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. Therefore I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them, and you will have them. Hallelujah. Amen. The latter part of, of this uh, scripture is what a lot of people want to hear I mean, whatever you ask, pray, believe it, and, and you shall have it. But that passage is not standing alone. That verse is not standing alone. It is premised on what Jesus had already said. Because I've had people ask me questions, especially regarding this verse, that the scripture says, whatever you ask, believe, you will have it. Why is that I'm asking this? I'm not receiving it. It's because there's something before this. And if you understand what is before this, then your whatever is not whatever. Hallelujah. Your whatever is not just what? Whatever. Your whatever now becomes very defined according to what we are going to learn today. Otherwise, whatever could be, Father, please give me someone's wife. Isn't it, isn't it whatever? Ah, it's whatever. Father, please give me Ike's car. Whatever. I believe it. I possess it. Today at the church, I take your car. No, whatever could be, you see, I'm giving these examples and it looks funny to you, but that is how we broaden our whatever before God. We, you might not ask for someone's husband or someone's wife, but you're asking for something that 
before God, it looks so absurd because your whatever is not premised on the right foundation. And so I pray that God helps us. Because a lot of us are asking whatever and it is not the whatever God wants you to ask. So you are frustrated and you are saying, God, but I have been asking whatever. I believe it. God says, I have something for you before you ask whatever. Hallelujah. And so in this passage, Jesus, um, it's, it's a very interesting passage. So let me take you through Bible school for just five minutes. Jesus sees a fig tree from afar. And, 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 and as he looks at the fig tree, the Bible says it has leaves. So he is happy. He says, I will find fruit on it. But he gets to the fig tree and there is no fruit. So the Bible says he curses the fig tree. And you and I will... Um, think, why would Jesus curse a fig tree? In fact, some Bible commentators say, the fig tree has not done anything. It's an inanimate object. What has it done? But Jesus curses it. And, and, and Jesus, in cursing this fig tree, um, had a reason for doing that. In fact, there was a bigger lesson, but, but there was a reason to it. And the first reason is the fact that the Bible says that it had a lot of leaves. Now, if you study very well the figs, Fig trees produce fruit before they produce leaves. So if you see the leaves of the tree, it's an indication that it has already produced fruit. So when Jesus saw the fig tree from afar and saw the leaves, he was like, there are fruits. Because the, the, the production of the leaves is an indication that what? There is fruit. Now, the second reason why Jesus was happy to go to this fig tree is the fact that the Bible says it was not a season for figs. Now, if you read the English language, you might think it was not a season for producing figs. But, but a proper understanding is that it was not the season for gathering figs. So, they had seasons for harvest, the seasons for gathering the fig trees. But it was not time yet for gathering. So, it means that, one, if the tree is showing leaves then it should have fruit. And if it's not a season for gathering, then it means no one has actually come for the fruit, so it should have what? Fruit. So when Jesus got there and he didn't see any fruit, he said, Jack, you are an unproductive tree. <laughs> so, in fact, remain unproductive for the rest of your life. And, and, and according to some Bible commentaries, it's, it's not, it wasn't just about the tree. Jesus was trying to give a message to the Jews and, and let them know that they look like they are producing fruit, but they are not producing fruit. Having a form of godliness, denying the power. And that's actually what, what is happening in our Christian life today. So Jesus cares the tree. But that's, that's really not the lesson. When Peter noticed that Jesus had cursed the tree, uh, the tree had withered. Because Jesus cursed the tree. Peter said, Master, is this not a tree you cursed yesterday? Look at it. It's died completely. And the answer that Jesus gave to Peter was, have faith in God. I mean, like, I don't know how the cursing of this tree and the tree dying got to do with have faith in God. But I'm sure Jesus saw beyond what Peter was saying into the heart of Peter and realized Peter had a burning question. How could this happen? I mean, how could it just happen overnight that the tree just died? And Jesus was like, the answer is what? Have faith in God. And I can almost imagine that Jesus was telling Peter that, look, if you have faith 
And some Bible interpreters have made it this way that when he said have faith in God, it's actually have the faith of God. And what we mean by have the faith of God is have the God kind of faith. In other words, it's not just any faith, the faith that God has prescribed. So when Jesus was saying that if you have the kind of faith that God wants you to have, then there's nothing impossible. All of these things are possible as long as it is the kind of faith that God wants you to have. So I pray that we will depart from the faith that men have created for us to have. Shout a big amen. amen. Because a lot of us have the faith that men have what? Created for us to have. But I pray that you will have the God kind of faith. Shout a big amen. amen. Now, so what is, what is this word faith? What is this word faith? It is, it's a very interesting Greek word which we are going to break down to try to understand. But Jesus was saying, have faith in God. So first of all, you must have the faith. And the second, the faith must be in who? In God. The faith is not supposed to be in a man. It's not supposed to be in your pastor. It's not supposed to be in your prayers. It's not supposed to be in, even in the faith. Because <laughs> some people have faith in their faith. Or you don't believe it, you have faith in your faith. Have you realized that sometimes you believe so much that what you believe can work because you believe? How many of you have ever felt that? Like you, you believe so much that you believe that because you believe so much, it will work. So you have faith, but the faith is not in God. The faith is in the fact that you feel you believe so much that this one, the, the way I believe, it has to work. And some of us pray, you can pray for three hours and, and, and you feel like, Charlie, this one, I prayed three hours. Something must happen. You have faith in your prayers. There are times that I've waited on God and spent the whole day fasting and praying, like when we have a service and like, and by the time I finish, like, I feel like, I feel energized and I feel like, Charlie, because I have prayed and today I have prayed and fasted and waited on God, they are going to, the, the whole church will be turned upside down. Then God will say, you have, your, your faith is in your prayers rather than in me. So what is faith? The word faith is from the Greek word pistis, which means persuasion or credence. It means you are convinced about something because you have a position that that thing is true. You are so convinced. You are so, like there's nothing that can make you change your mind. There is no doubt whatsoever in your mind about what you believe. In fact, it's a mental attitude that something is so believable and should be accepted as true. So in your mind, I believe so much. And there's nothing that can change my mind. If I, if I told you that this is a table, how many of you accept that it's a table? How many of you accept this is a table? You won't accept it. Because what, in your mind, this is a chair. How can it be a table? It is a chair. Look, no matter what I tell you, it is a chair. But if I told you that this 
This can be a table. You, you won't believe it's a chair. Because you are so convinced in your mind that what? It is a chair. When we talk about faith, the first understanding is that there is a conviction that this is true. And nothing can change your mind about it. Now I want you to hold on to that definition. Let's go on to the second definition or understanding of faith. It is an assurance. A guarantee. A ground of belief. Now when we talk about guarantees, you know, the banks can have, can have what they call a guarantee. Maybe someone is, is, uh, is, wants to ship some things and, and, uh, and the person wants to go for a loan from the bank. But the bank needs a guarantee that you will pay. And based on that guarantee, they can release the money for you. Now, faith is a guarantee. It means that there is enough grounds on which you stand to believe. So it's not just believing, oh. There is what? A guarantee that what I am believing will actually come to pass. It's not just about believing. Now, the third important thing that we see about this word pistis is the fact that this word can be translated as faithfulness. It means that the character of a person can be relied on. And so when you look at it in terms of faith, it means that you trust that whoever you are trusting in, his character can be relied on. It means he doesn't fail. There's an integrity that you can't question. There is, there's something that you can vouch for and say, as for this person, this is how they are. This is what they will do. You can almost tell that they won't fail. And so when you put all these definitions together, the understanding of faith is that you have enough grounds to believe something. And you have a strong position to trust the one in whom you believe. You have what? Enough grounds to what? Believe something. And you have a strong position to trust. So baby, please come. Let me, let, let's, let's have a conversation. Okay, so baby. You know, when I call you, Peter, you start laughing. Okay, baby. Today, I'm going to give you hundred dollars. She says, I receive it. So maybe I'm going to give you hundred dollars. Now, if I tell baby I'm going to give you hundred dollars, there are two things that are happening here. I am saying I'll give her hundred dollars. And number two, I am the one saying it. Faith is that first of all, she believes the word. That I can give her $100. The reason why she can believe I can give her $100 is because when she looks at me, I can give her the $100. Like I said, you know, someone can tell you I'll give you $10. And you look at the person, and the person himself, he needs, he himself needs 10 cities. <laughs> so, so you can't trust the word. But apart from the fact that she can believe that I can give her $100, that is not enough for her to believe that she will have the hundred dollars. If I've given her fifty dollars before and I tell her I'm giving her hundred dollars, she can stand on the fact that I've given her fifty dollars before. So now that I'm promising her hundred dollars, what I can give her. So it is one thing for her to see that I'm actually having the money, and it's another thing knowing that I have the character to give her the money. So faith, first of all, is saying that there is something that gives you a grounds to believe. 
But there's also a person whose character cannot be questioned. And that is why you believe. So when it comes to the subject of faith, first of all, there is a word. And secondly, there is what? A person. And both you must not question in order to obtain what you are desiring for. So baby, receive $100 today. You are always receiving someone's. <laughs> now, Hebrews chapter 11 verse 1 helps us to understand this scenario better. It says, now faith is what? The substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. And I love this passage very well because it's given us two words. The first one is what? Substance. And the second one is evidence. Faith is what the substance of things you are hoping for. It is the evidence of things you've not seen. So what, what he's saying is that, look, I am hoping for something. And when you're hoping for something, the thing is not with you. I'm hoping to have a job. You don't have the job. I'm hoping to have a car. You don't have what? The car. I'm hoping to become the wealthiest person. You are not the wealthiest person. It is hope. And hope, hope can travel for as long as it can travel. It's hope. But the Bible is saying that faith is what? The substance of things you are hoping for. In other words, it is something that you have, but you are hoping for. How can you have it when you are hoping for it? Like, how can you have a four-bedroom house and, and, and say, I'm hoping for it? But the Bible is saying that you have it, but you are what? Hoping for it. It is the evidence of things not seen. Did you see baby going to the restaurant yesterday? No, I didn't see her, but I know she went. E evidence. Where's the evidence? Where's the proof that she actually went? Oh, I didn't see her, but I know she went. I mean, immediately you say that, we'll throw your case away. Because it is the evidence that will show that you really know what you are talking about. But now he's saying that you have the evidence of what you have not seen. That is why faith is so crazy because you haven't seen it yet. It says you have an evidence. So what is the word substance? The word substance means a certain under or a support. It actually talks about foundation. And for those of us who build, you know that every building is on a foundation. If you take the foundation away, the building what? Collapses. So he's saying that faith is a foundation on which you hope for things. And I want you to stay with me because we'll get there. It means that I stand on something to continue to hope. Although I have not seen what I am hoping for. The word evidence is proof or conviction. It means that you have a proof. It's an unshakable belief, but you have not seen it. I have a proof, but I have not seen it. I, I have a proof that what God has said he will do in my life, it shall come to pass. I, I have not seen it, but, but I have a proof. So what is the proof? What is this foundation we are talking about? What is this um, basis on which we believe God? And Romans chapter 10 verse 17 gives us the answer. He says, so then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Faith comes by what? Hearing 
and hearing by what? The word of God. Let's all say it. Faith comes by hearing. And hearing by the word of God. Let's say it again. Faith comes by hearing. And hearing by the word of God. And so he's telling us the very first thing that the grounds on which I am believing is that I have heard something. I have heard something. Faith comes by hearing. I have heard something. But it says it's not just hearing. The hearing you are hearing is coming through a certain channel. And that channel is what? The word of God. So the only thing that is giving me proof and a reason to continue to believe is that something has been said to me and whatever thing that has been said to me is coming by the word of God. So I can confidently tell I that I am going to be the world's richest person. And then I could be laughing at me and say, ha, 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 ha. And I said, I will be the richest person. And the only reason I can confidently tell him that is not because I have a certain self-belief that I'll become the richest person. It's because there is something that I've heard that I did not hear. And so I can tell him that I will be. There is something that God speaks to our spirits and to our hearts that gives us so much confidence to pursue the things that he has set before us and we believe it. Can I set an example for you? So earlier this year, I felt I needed to publish um, some books. I needed books I was writing. I was so busy, but I heard a word. It was like, you have to. Now at the time that I, I was working on the books, I didn't have the money to publish it, but I had hit. I had hit. And so I started working on it. And when I finished working on it, I didn't have the money to publish it, but I had hit. And God said, you have to publish it by this time. Then I was in my house and then I saw my phone beep and I checked it. Momo notification. Someone said, the, reference, the person said, just, we just failed to send it to you. Sunday night. I said, I called the person, I said, what are you doing? You know, you receive the things, nice, I saw my uncle. What are you doing? We, we just failed to what? send it to you. And it was because I had heard. I didn't know how it was going to come about, but I heard. And God said, you are going to do this. And once I had taken the step, God said, now I am providing for the step. So I provided for the step. So let it be. So the... The three books you see is the substance of things I hoped for at that time. And now it has become the reality. So at that time, I told you that I'm going to print three books. And I'll print it by this time, but I don't have the money. You yeah, said, oh, pastor, we pray with you. It will work. But, but in my spirit, in my mind spirit, I had what? Heard. So I had received it before it ever came to pass. Now, faith is that the thing is already a reality to you before it becomes a reality to other people. That's why I say it comes by what? Hearing. So, whenever I come to church, when I'm preaching to you, I'm not just preaching to a few people because what I heard is not what I am seeing. The reality that God showed to me is far greater than this reality. 
but I still have to believe it because what I have heard. So the word of God is the basis for our faith. And interestingly, the word that he uses here is the word rima. And the word rima means utterance. It means that which is spoken. And so it is not just what you are hearing from me, but what is being spoken to your spirit out of what you are hearing. And the Holy Spirit is constant. That's why one of the prayers I pray when I'm coming to preach, that God, you will speak to everyone. You speak to every heart. Because maybe once I'm speaking, even sometimes I might be speaking and I might go off my notes and then say something. And it's not because, you know, I just intended to, but because at that time God wants to say something to you. So the rima is it's a reality. Sometimes you are reading your Bible and I don't know how many of you it's happened to before. Because, you, I mean, this generation, we are even reading our Bible uh, we are responding to WhatsApp and we are, we are getting notifications. So we don't even read our Bibles well. But if you're reading your Bible properly, you realize that sometimes you're reading and all of a sudden a scripture jumps at you. And then when the scripture jumps at you, you're like, wow. <laughs> so this is for me. So God is actually speaking to me. It is called a rima. It is the word that you need for your next level. So faith comes by what? Hearing and hearing by the word of God. Some of you are having certain struggles in your life. You have been believing God and praying that God, I need to break out of this. The only reason why you haven't broken out is because you have not received the word. Your ears have not received a word. The moment you receive the word, you realize that the thing is gone completely. Because faith comes by what? Hearing. So when it says that it comes by hearing the word of God, it means that the Holy Spirit is going to speak directly to your spirit. And when the Holy Spirit speaks, he gives you a certain assurance and conviction that it is possible, that it is what? Doable. So it's not just what you are thinking. It's not just what you are desiring. It's not just what you are fantasizing about. Faith is not equal to fantasy. The fact that ah, I wish, I wish this and, and I love this and I want this. It's not faith. And today what a lot of people term as faith, it's not faith. Until you receive a specific word, you can't stand anywhere and say that, oh, as for me, this, this, this is how it's going to be. As for me, it's never going to be like this. As, yes, it's nice to confess the right things. But the truth is that what have you heard? What have you heard? It is on the basis of what the Holy Spirit has said that God is now going to back and do what he wants to do. And the reason why I'm so particular about this is because a lot of us have not heard anything, but you want God to back you. You, you, you have created your own imaginations and desires and you are telling God that God, God, I, I, I believe in this. It, it must happen. And God says, I, I never said anything. Some of you have pursued certain ventures and God said, I never said anything. I was never in it. You see, faith is not equal to ambition. The fact that you are ambitious and, and you, you dream big and you want things does not mean it's faith. Because you can dream big and it's not God. Can, can I preach to you? 
I think this flies in the face of the theology we know. Dream big. Like, I'm dreaming big. Is, is the dreaming big in line with what God is saying? If God hasn't said it, then he's not backing it. And I don't want to do anything that God has not said. Because if God has not said it, I will struggle. But if God says it, then I can walk with him confidently through it. Until it becomes a reality. Have you realized that sometimes the reason why you are trying to do what you are doing is not because God has said it, it's because you want to prove a point. Sometimes your motive is, is wrong. Me too, I want to do it so that they see that me too. Like, me too, I'm a child of God. God, God doesn't need you to prove that you're a child of God. Me too, I want to do it so that they will see that the way, the way I'm serving God, like, like my service to God is not even... No, no, God doesn't need you to prove anything. All he wants you to do is to be attentive to hear a word, a word from him, and that word becomes your faith. That is why when you are in church, you have to be attentive to the word of God. Because you never know when the word of faith will be released into your heart. And so faith is not equal to positive confession or positive thinking. Because some of us think that ah, when, when you confess the right things, then they will, yes, of course, life and death lies in the power of the tongue. But it's not just confessing any positive thing. It's about confessing what God has said. Confessing the word of God. Speaking it into being. Then it comes to pass. Faith is not the same as foolishness. Because a lot of people, sometimes I have seen people doing crazy things and like they feel like it is faith. But it's not faith. Recently I loved that something that we did some time ago. You know when you are growing and you are young in the faith. A lot of things that you do. Later, when you grow, you realize, hey, Charlie Jack. So when we were much younger, I was at the headquarters and wanted a certain land for the church. And we some young guys, youthful exuberance. Like we believed that that land, that land there was for us. So we went, we went, we did a prayer walk around the, the like the walls of Jericho. You know, you know the way they walked around the walls. They walked around the walls of Jericho because God said something. For as God, I didn't say anything, but Charlie, young men with passion and zeal, we walked around the building. Then at a point, we took stones and threw it over the building and said, we possess this land because it was what? We possess this land. We take it for the church. It is for the church. We are... Two days ago, I was passing by the place. They turned it into a block factory. Because you see, you can you can believe it with with you see the thing is you can believe it with all your heart and it's not faith. And you can pursue it with all your heart and it's not faith. And you can get very frustrated pursuing with all your heart and it's not what it's not faith. Assuming I still believe that today I'll I'll go there and tell the people, the block factory people, this land is not yours, it's for the church. Because we have possessed it in the spirit. God never said it. God never said it. And, and sometimes we 
We take certain steps in life that are not in line with what God has said. And, and then we struggle. And then, you know, we get burdened. And then we are under a lot of pressure because God never said it. Sometimes you can get very excited about something and think that it is God. But it's never God. And you move with so much excitement. Tell it, this thing is going to happen. It's going to happen. And God said, God said I'm not in it. And if God is not in it, he doesn't back it. Don't be deceived by the things people say as testimonies. Baby, now say, I've seen too much to believe too much. Someone can come and stand there and say, praise the Lord. I have a testimony. I have a testimony. You know what God did for me? I said, eh, I've been praying. And I, and, I, and, I, and I asked God. And God and I said, God, if you do this for me, me too, I'll do this for you. And, and then I, I prayed. And then before I realized, God had opened the door. And I had this contract with this person. Do you know that? I can't even mention the amount of the contract. But now, look, now I can build a house and I can do this. A lot of the things, they are not in it. <laughs> <laughs> so and I like something that Mr. Jamna just said because you see the fact that baby came to stand there to say it first of all one does not mean it is true number two it does not mean when you also do the same thing you will get the same result because God did not speak to you so the last time I, I was having a conversation with the pastor and I, I said that you see even church, church growth how churches grow. The fact that one pastor applied this principle and it worked for them and the church grew does not mean when I apply it, it will grow. Because what God said to him is not what God is saying to me. So I can have the faith and I can, I can, I mean, and, and the faith can be wrong. Because I can have the belief that if I also do this, then this church will also work, grow. And God says, no, I am only going to back what I have said. So what are you pursuing in life that is not from God? Someone can give a testimony and say, I tap into it. What do you mean by you tap into it? Whatever God said to the person, you were not there. How do you, how do you tap into it? How? And so we get frustrated. So we do something that someone did and we don't get the results and then we think that God did it for this person. Why is it that he's not doing it for me? It's because he never said anything. And sometimes we want to help God. So because he didn't say it, I want to let people think that like we have faith and we believe in God. We manufacture the thing. And there are a lot of manufactured testimonies in church today. Because the people are doing dubious things and they say, God is helping me. Then they make another person frustrated in church because that person thinks God is not helping them. May God have mercy on us. So this is going to be our working definition for faith. Faith is the word God releases into your heart. Faith is what? The word God releases where? Into your heart. Which gives you enough reason to hope for something and pursue what you haven't seen yet. Faith is a word that God releases where? 
into your heart and it gives you what? Enough reason to hope for something and to pursue what you haven't seen yet. There are things that I pursue in life and it's not because I have seen them but it's because there's a word that has been released into my heart. And because the word has been released into my heart, what? I am pursuing it until I see God's word come to pass. Baby, I know I'll be right. Uh, my books will be traveling all over the world. It's something God has said. I've written my 15th book. My books are still trying, tr trying to break out of my ear. But do you know the reason why I keep on writing and I'm going to write the next, I'm going to publish the next one next month is because it's a word that is released into my heart and it gives me enough reason to continue to what? Hope. Until I see. Because it's just a matter of one day. Just one day. Just one day. And that is what? That's all. So Jesus says you must have faith in God. It means that you must, you must be first of all attentive to God speaking to your heart. And then you have to believe that word and hold on to it until it comes to pass in your life. Now can I add this to it that God's timetable for your life is different from God's timetable for another person's life. So the word God is releasing into your heart is not the same word he's releasing into another person's life. So stop comparing yourself with another person. If God gave you the word, then God will stand by the word to perform it. It doesn't matter how long it takes. As long as God said it. That's all you need as long as God what, said it. As long as God said it. That's, that's all. That, that's the whole thing about faith. If God said it, then that's it. That's it. If God said it, then that's it. If God didn't say it, then I'm going to try to figure out how it will work out. But if God said it, then I can rest assured in him that because he has said it, he will what? Do it. And he will make it come to pass. That's why some interpreters say that when Jesus said have faith in God, he was actually saying have the God kind of faith. In other words, have the faith that God prescribes. The faith that is generated by God and in God. So I pray for all of us that God will open our ears, not this physical ears, your spiritual ears, to hear a word from him. And you can't have faith if you don't expose yourself to the scriptures. Because God is not going to say anything that is outside the word. Some of us want to hear something from God. You hear, you hear something and it's not from God. <laughs> Yesterday I was telling some people that even Jesus, after 40 days and 40 nights, the devil spoke to him. After 40 days and 40 nights of fasting and praying, Jesus, he was the son of God. After 40 days and 40 nights of praying, the devil still what? Spoke to you. you. You are eating and drinking. You think the devil can speak to you. <laughs> and so faith is going to come when you what? Expose yourself to the word of God. And so I'm confident that Jesus cursed that tree because there was a word that he received. And that is why later when we look at the latter part of the verse, when he says whatever you ask, Believe, and you shall have it. The whatever you ask is not whatever, but whatever you ask based on what you have heard. You can now believe and receive it because you asked according to what you 
head. I pray that God will cause us to have his kind of faith in our hearts. You were saved by grace through faith and so throughout your journey it's going to be by grace or through faith. And God will in next week I'm going to help us to understand the second part which is have faith in God. Because this factor of have faith in God is so crucial. So just what I have heard though. I have heard means I have faith. But now my faith must be rooted in the person. Remember I said it has to do with the word and the person. It has to be rooted in the person. Because you can have faith and miss out on the one who can make it happen. Then you realize that it is not your faith that brought the results. But it is the one in whom you have the faith that brought the results. And I pray that God is going to help us to, to see that happen in our lives. Shout a big amen.